seems like it. See a lot of laughter and smiling and a lot of good fellowship going on. Glad to see that. Glad to have you tonight on Grace Campus. And uh, thank you for coming to Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, I've been looking forward to tonight. I believe we're going to be blessed by and through the Word of God. Everybody get you a Grace Church t-shirt from Sunday. Did everybody get you one? If you didn't, we have them out in the lobby. Feel free to pick one of those up. And I uh, would like to remind you on Saturday, October the 23rd of Ranch Day in LaRanger, if you can go, please make plans to do that. Smiths are doing a great job uh, with the Lighthouse Ranch, and it's going to be a great, great time. Uh, so make plans for that if you can. And then special announcement, everybody listen very carefully because this is going to be so cool. This is going to be a cool announcement right here. Everybody ready? You listening? Don't walk up after church and say, what was that announcement again? I'm giving everybody a fire warning. A cool announcement is coming. We're having family night outside on October the 30th on Saturday from 4 to 7. I think some woohoos and some hand claps ought to be going on right now. <clears throat> when we announce family night outside, it's not the time to do this. It's time to do this. That's right. And a little hand clapping. That's right. Amen. Now, this year is going to be different than any other year. We have never done this before. We need 15 volunteers to cook your very best recipe in chili. And we're going to have a chili cook-off. We're going to have five judges. And the top three winners are going to win a nice prize from Grace Church. This is what you need to plan for. We need for we need 15 cooks because we're planning for about 150 people. So you'll need to cook about five pounds of, of meat in your chili. You need to plan for five pounds of meat in your chili. And, uh, huh? If you'll keep your receipt for your the meat that you buy, Grace Church will reimburse you. It don't get better than this. Thank you very much. You're catching on to using them hands for something besides an ornament at the end of your arm. That's right. So this is going to be a really cool, cool uh, time for our family night outside. And uh, feel free to wear your Grace Church t-shirts. So when we have guests, it will confuse them immensely and they won't be able to tell who is who. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke, an in-house joke right there. But... Uh, we're expecting a great, great time. So we'll have five judges that will taste test. We're going to keep all the cooks and all of that incredibly confidential. No bribes are accepted. Bribery is a qualification to be disqualified. And uh, so we need 15 cooks to volunteer. So seriously, we need 15 cooks to volunteer. If you would let our church office know, Sister Landry, uh, we can get the ball rolling on that and get all that in place and then uh, I think she's come come up with a very nice list of judges and uh, we're going to be very interested to see how this turns out what is not allowed is your favorite chili packet that we talked about before church Harmel canned chili don't even bring it up here don't even bring it up here don't say this is our family recipe when it's going to come out of a can not doing that I'm going to ask you to be honest 
If you're not, we're going to have altar service immediately following family night outside. So we're going to have a great, great time. So uh, let Sister Landry know if you have a good family recipe, some chili you like, you can get the recipe. Um, and if you're into it, if you'd like to share the recipe when it's over, feel free to do that as well. So God bless you very much for that, and we're looking forward to it. We're going to have a great time as usual. You'll need to bring your own lawn chairs, cold drinks. If you please invite guests to come with you, and uh, if you bring guests with you, make sure they have plenty to drink as well. So uh, remember, remember that, and we'll be promoting this again Sunday. It's a privilege tonight to uh, bring a lady that I have the utmost respect for uh, to this pulpit. We love Sister Melanie Tipler, do we not? Uh, she has, she has, has, has fought so many battles spiritually, mentally, emotionally, through her life. And she is exemplary in the overcoming power of the Spirit of God on the inside of somebody. And um, she's, God has brought her such an amazing long way. And we're very thankful to have her. Sister Melanie, if you'd come, if you'd... Uh, we're so very thankful to have her at Grace Church. She's one of our prayer warriors, an intercessor, knows how to touch God. Would you welcome Sister Melanie as she comes to the pulpit tonight to deliver what God's given her. Well, good not uh, I was going to say good morning, but it's not morning. Y'all looking good out there, though. So um, this is getting to be such a generous church. I mean, we're giving away stuff left and right. So did everybody get a key? Well, we are giving away a brand new car. I am just kidding. <laughs> it's just going to be a little remembrance and a keepsake for you to keep and tuck away and use. Um, but I'm really honored and very humbled to be able to stand here. And thank you, Pastor, for entrusting this sacred place to me. I just want to share some things that God has opened my eyes to um, in the last few years. And I just, it, it ministered to me, so I just pray tonight that things will minister to you as well. Um, things can just come at us so fast, and we can get so consumed by our own needs, so undone and completely worn out by our own hurts, physically, mentally, emotionally, just trying to survive, that you sit down to catch your breath sometimes, and when you stand back up, you may not even be aware that that belt of truth isn't buckled up or that helmet of salvation is just still laying on the dresser. You don't mean to. You just do that. 2020 was a crazy year, was it not? Was it a setup? I think so. Has it brought about weakness? In many ways, it absolutely has. Has it exposed weakness? 100%. But can God use this stuff? That just happens to be a specialty. So tonight I'd like to share some things with you that I've gained. But first let me rewind and take you back to a place that may help you understand a little bit better where my life was before 2020 rolled in like a flood. Because after all, isn't that what it's all about? If we gain or anything of value, 
and just hold on to it or hide it away for whatever reason, we aren't being or doing what Jesus asked us to be or do. Whatever we get, we use it for God's purpose. So if I can reach into my life and pull out of it anything useful, I've declared that I'll do that. I am just simply willing, Lord, even if it's hard and even if it's uncomfortable and even if it hurts. Because I think that maybe those nails that were driven into the merciful Savior's wrists were uncomfortable. And I'm sure that those whips and chains and claws and hooks at the end that dug into the flesh of his back with each blow was uncomfortable. And that just sort of puts moving forward again as a powerful body of believers, unified and ready to do it all for the kingdom in perspective. Don't you dare let the uncomfortable hold you back. Not one more service. So I'm going to take you back. It was a Sunday service in May 2019. The praise team was still singing. And I was standing right over there, or sitting, in my normal spot. And I felt Sister Sheila Landry's hand rest upon my back. And then Brother Jason Cooper left the platform. And he walked directly to me and stood in front of me and placed his hand on my forehead. And began to pray or prophesy over me. God was definitely using these two willing and open vessels in that moment. It felt so different than anything I'd ever felt. He, basically, God, and I'm going to paraphrase a whole lot. He said, Melanie, some things are coming, but I'm giving you some keys. And it was so powerful and so clear that I can actually remember lifting my hands in the air with my palms facing up and then closing them as if to receive the keys. And then fast forward maybe a month and I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. Now just to hear the words, you have cancer, it does something that I can't even explain. So for a little while, I just laid in the bed, and I was overthinking everything and not wanting to go through all I knew I was about to have to go through. But my kids said I was going through it anyway, so. <laughs> I remember thinking, how can this be happening? So that season began, scans, blood work, surgery, chemo, more scans. All the ugliness of the disease began to rear its head. I had days when I was just completely undone, moments when my body was just so tired that I just couldn't even think. But I'm so thankful that God placed a wonderful support team around me during that time, and he absolutely did. I'm so thankful for all of you in this church that held me up in prayer because it was a little dark. Now, Coop always knows how to lighten up dark days. <laughs> I can remember one day I sent him a quick text just asking for prayer. I was feeling particularly weak and explaining how anxiety just comes in so fast. It just grips me before I realize it, and I'm feeling completely paralyzed and helpless and definitely not strong at all. Well, he responds, well, you've got cancer, and the doctors are pumping you full of poison to keep you living. So don't beat yourself up too much, Mel. I'm going to pray. 
So laughter is good medicine, and I'm just trying to lighten things up because it's about to get pretty heavy. I can stand here and tell you that God was using and weaving even that into me. His strength was being made perfect in every weak moment that I had. That's what he does. He showed me peace that I never understood until then. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have gone through chemo. I know it's been a few of you. And, buddy, by the end, you are down and out. I can remember my last round of chemo was the week before Ashley and Jacob's wedding. Wonderful planning, Ashley. My body was running on fumes, and my brain, well, it was a huge fog bank, simply trying to hold a conversation or seriously remembering if I even had a conversation, was a huge undertaking. But that uninvited mountain was behind me for the most part. And so as I turned around to wave goodbye to it, and just as I turned around to move forward, I face-planted into another mountain. So unexpected to this mother. Cancer seemed like a tiny little molehill in comparison. This mountain wasn't a sickness. It wasn't a breaking down of my body. No, it was totally different. It was, I guess, the biggest expression of how to explain it was a ripping apart of a mother's heart. And I was, as I was putting this message together and God was moving my pen, I was battling, how do I even say this? How do I even word this? And then I'd erase and say, I'm not going to say it. And then God would say, yeah, you are. Because this is where we're living. This is the time that we're living in. It's a different time. These days, we need knowledge. My oldest son, who is 30 years old, who at one time absolutely knew his identity as a child of God. No confusion. He was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, read his Bible so often that the binding was permanently creased down the center from where he would flip the pages and hold them open, reading God's word. He sat me down two days after this wedding, and he told me that he no longer identifies as a male. He was transitioning. I was sitting in my car. It was just him and me. And he goes to get out to fly home. And he said, no, Mama, please don't, don't try and drive right now. Just sit here until you can get it together. <laughs> well, I'd still be sitting there in the parking lot of IHOP. How do you get that together? I remember just sitting there after he shut the door, gripping the steering wheel just as tight as I could, and I was paralyzed yet again, not from anxiety, but from utter heartbreak, confusion, and total shock. How can this be happening? Fast forward almost two months, and a pandemic hits the entire world. Things begin to shut down. 
fears and confusion press in so hard. Masks were mandated, schools closed, businesses shut down, churches shut down. And here I am again. How can this be happening? I was still trying to physically recover from the effects of chemo. That takes a while. I was trying to wrap my head around a movement that is so confusing and so against everything I stand for as a Christian that had a tight grip on my son who I love completely. Then I began to have some other health issues and led to a surgery. And a few days after the surgery, I tested positive for this virus. I don't know if y'all have heard of it, COVID. I tested positive for that. And then a few weeks after that, they told me that I had cancer again. And it was a different kind of cancer. And I'm going to tell you, y'all, at that point, I am just basically laid out on the floor, feeling broken, hurt, confused, separated from my church family, just totally isolated, probably at my weakest point in my life. The referee is basically beside me. One, two, three. But right before that bell rings, I hear a voice that says, get up and use your keys. So I'm laying there, and I just felt like I was entitled to at least a few minutes. <laughs> you know, I needed to respond. But Lord, I am hurt. I'm completely heartbroken. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm sick. I'm scared. I'm confused. And I've never felt so weak in all my life. I am not strong. And I'm just so weakened by all this. Blow after blow after blow. And I think I've even lost my keys. <laughs> but he said, if you get up, I'll show you the brilliance of weakness. So I steadied myself and it took every bit of what I had left just to stand up. And as I did, I remembered something that dear, sweet brother Alexander had once told me. He said in his way, the world will knock you down and knock out your teeth. You don't always have to smile, but you do have to stand back up. And that is so true. The devil wants to bend us and blow us so hard. He wants to pound us and pound us that our thoughts are so consumed in our own needs that we are so undone and completely worn out just trying to survive that we forget we have been given some keys. This has been a rough year for all of us in so many different ways. Things have come into our lives so personal to each one of us. And I've always hated to hear people shift the blame but I'm about to do that. Sin, sickness, trials, temptations, depression, confusion, pandemics, addiction, sufferings, sadness, all came wrapped up in one package, and that package had a name on it, yours truly, Satan. The devil hates you, and he hates me. And he is ultimately the source of all this mess. 
And Michelle, you posted something on Facebook the other day, and it was so right. We are living in a time where Satan doesn't even hide anymore, and the world still can't see him. But, and here's where the brilliance of God will explode on the scene. When those things come into our life and knock us off our feet, and we're just laying there in that weakened state, that's when he can finally move in and change the entire plan of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And it's not easy, but there is something great and powerful that can only be gained through weakness. But most of us aren't that excited about going to that place of weakness. I mean, naturally, we want strength in our lives. No one gets up and says, well, I think I'm going to head out today, honey, in search of a good old dose of weakness because it makes us weak, and we really can't do anything in a weakened state. We can't, but oh my goodness, God sure can. His word says right before that in 2 Corinthians 12 and, 9, 12 and 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The power of Christ may rest upon me. Let that penetrate into your soul. You give me your weakness, and I'll give you my strength. So as I began to think back about where I was, where I had been for over two years, I got so angry. I got mad, y'all. I couldn't even think clearly for a year. Things seemed to have been almost pulled from my memory. Important truths of God's word. And that made me mad. 1 John 4 and 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Pastor said just a few Sundays back, I don't think we can really realize what can happen when we realize God is in us. And I felt the words of that scripture hit my soul again like a lightning bolt. Greater is he who is in me. That right there is a master key. That's a truth that the devil does not want us to truly comprehend because when we do, it ain't going to be good for him. When you take a hold of that key, it will unlock things or loose them. And it will lock up some things or bind them. This world is literally stripping people of their identities. The enemy hates us. And he has planted a misconception in the minds of people that I would like to unplant. I was talking with somebody the other day, and we were talking about God and the devil, and they were like, well, yeah, there's God, and there's 
Well, no, there's God. And there's, you know, like Pastor said, there's more God than there is devil. The devil is a created being. And God is God. He's the creator. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent. He's got the goods. He's got it all. And the devil, well, he just doesn't. So that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Don't ever allow the enemy to be bigger than he is. That's, that's one thing. Another is we have angels. We have backup, mighty angels. Sure, he has demons in his little demon army, but we just happen to know the number, one-third. So if he has one-third of an army of demons, that means we have double as many angels on our side. Plus, we have the Almighty God. And I'm looking at y'all, <laughs> and y'all look like y'all are saying, well, I don't think the devil has been telling me this. <laughs> no, he hasn't, because he doesn't want his weakness revealed. But wait, it gets much better. Look at Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, in Christ, you have power over this enemy. In your own skin, your own strength, your old life before Christ, he could take you out. He could. However, in your new condition, in your born-again life, after repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to use Sister Avery Brunch's example. If you have the Holy Ghost, could you please raise your hand? Raise it up if you have the Holy Ghost. Look at that. My goodness. You are now a new creation. You have a new position. You're in Christ. And in Christ, you actually have power over this enemy. Because God Almighty gave it to you. So the devil has nothing on you. We have some keys, y'all. And we need to remember that we have some keys. Romans 8.31 What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, in Christ, we need not fear this enemy. And by the way, the entire message throughout the Bible, that's what it says. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Knowing your position is powerful and declaring your position is powerful. David, that's what he did. He declared his position. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. He was declaring his position in Christ. So when stuff hits us and has us gripping the steering wheel, when weakness has your soul crying out and you're laid out on the floor, that is actually a perfect place. The condition through which strength flows and power is revealed 
is always through weakness. Now hear this. There's a condition of the soul that's almost like kindling for the fire of God. And if you have wet, green wood, fresh, new, strong wood, it just doesn't kindle very well. But if it's aged wood, if it's gray, old, I'll call it weak wood, humble. God's fire kindles upon it. Weakness is that state, that condition. It's like apples. They don't really do very well in our climate. But if you plant an apple tree in Michigan, they thrive. The strength of God and the power of God, the climate that it thrives in, is weakness. Some things can only be gained through weakness. Look at Hebrews eleven thirty two through 34. And what shall I say? And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthu, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violets of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. What was their secret strength? Weakness. So there's that great paradox that sometimes is so hard to understand. When mountains come, and they will, and have to each and every one of us, if they are embraced and even cherished, it can transform our lives. And even strangely enough, it makes us stronger. He somehow takes this weakness and this pain and he weaves it all perfectly into the tapestry of each child that embraces their mountain. I guess it's God's brilliant pattern for building life into the life of his children. But the tragedy of this great secret strength is so often missed by so many because they spend their life strategically avoiding this catalyst of power instead of just grabbing a rock and joyfully ascending their mountain, no matter the pain or discomfort involved. And I did understand that paradox so clearly, and it took a lot to get it. And then it seemingly was getting ripped away from me as hit after hit came and as more pressure was applied. But right over there, in that corner, right there, one Sunday morning, God honored his word to me, and he showed me the brilliance of weakness. And all my life, I have had so much, and I never really understood until that morning right there. But it wasn't until I bundled up an armload of all that dried and seasoned kindling, all the hard, weak moments, all the heartbreak that it represented, 
and I carried it up there to that altar, and I dropped that heavy load of wood at his feet. I couldn't handle it anymore in my own strength. And I had had enough. I had had enough. Devil, you have messed with me. You have messed with my family long enough. You have literally stolen the foundation out from underneath my son. You have messed with this church. You have messed with our pastor. You have messed with our world. And I've just had enough. You are such a deceiver. You and your little tiny army of demons have bounced around in front of mirrors, making yourself appear bigger than you are. But I had something to tell the devil. I have a position to declare to you, and it's embedded into the core of who I am. I am a child of the one true God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I might not could have defeated him in my own strength. I couldn't have. But I wasn't coming at him in my strength. I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And greater is he who is in me. My God is in me. God is in you if you raised your hand. We stand in a position. And that position is in Christ. We've got some keys, y'all. And I have no doubt that my son is in God's hands. And I'm turning that key. And I'm turning that key. And I'm going to keep turning that key. And he's going to take his hands off of my child. I have no doubt. But a battle was fought right there. A battle at a level that I've never been at before. At one point I thought, and I hope this is okay if I share this. At one point, I thought that I was just completely spent. And I yelled out the name above all names, Jesus. And just like that, y'all, I felt strength rise up inside of me. The atmosphere shifted. Shields came up around me. And something was deposited into my soul that seemed to literally lift my body into a position of attention like I was a soldier. And I, that's the best way I can explain it. After that supernatural deposit was made into my soul, it was like this energy was pulsing inside me, needing to go into its intended purpose. It was for me, but it was bigger than me, and it wasn't meant to stay in me. Well, Pastor walked over, and I was still processing the moment, and he was trying to show me a picture of where I had been because he knew exactly where I had been. Only my vision was impaired physically, but I wasn't even concerned about that. <laughs> I just needed to release what had been deposited into to me, and I probably just cut him off. And if I did, I'm sorry. But I said, can I pray for you right now? And he said, absolutely. And when I placed my hand on his shoulder and began to pray, Something went out of me, and I'm not sure how he felt at that moment. But I can tell you that something was being unlocked. His strength had been made perfect in my weakness. God has provided us with so much, y'all. He has. 
do you realize that there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper? No weapon. 2,000 years ago, something amazing transpired at the cross. And if we would freshly remember this mighty, mighty work and learn to wield it as if it were, in fact, weaponry, because it is, it's a key. We've got keys, y'all, and we need to use them. You pray, Sister Patricia, as if you are God's chosen, because you are. You pray, Sister Kathy, as if you have authority, because you do. You stand up, Grace Church, like God is in you, because if you raise your hand, he is in you. You let the devil know loud and clear that we know our position and our position is in Christ because Christ is in us. And I'm going to close with this. If you feel weak tonight, if you've just had enough of all this, you can use your keys. Use your position because it will shut some things down. And it will unlock some things. But Sister Melanie, you just don't know some of my weakness and some of my pain. And I don't. But he does. He knows it completely. And I've come to understand that you're never more powerful than when you minister to someone in the midst of your pain and weakness. And you're never more powerful when you pray in the midst of your pain and weakness. You're actually better fit to be used by him in the crucible of that pain and weakness. No one likes that place. I don't like that place. But it just happens to be the position that our God uses to build might into the life of his children. His word says, my children shall be victors. You want to be a victor? Bring him your weakness. Gather up your old bundle of wood. Because we've all been through some storms. And just lay it at his feet and watch the fire of God kindle upon it. He is very good at being God. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And that, my dear sweet church family, is the kind of strength that lasts. God is looking for an immovable church. And I'm not sure, but maybe that's a big part of how to become one. Thank you. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that wonderful? Um, I don't want us to move too quickly past this service tonight. She has shared with her, shared with us very deep, personal, very intimate things that I don't think we should take lightly. And when she said, I'm closing, 
It's like I felt a nudge with my key. I won't carry this in my pocket, Melanie, to remind me. Not just when I come to church, but every day I'm going to put this in my pocket. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put it on my key ring. I'm going to have this with me at all times to remind me that I have keys, y'all. And I would, I would encourage you to do the same. Ladies, put it in your purse, put it in your wallet, put it on your key ring. Men, do the same, whatever you can. And let it be a reminder, a testimony from a stalwart child of God. That if you'll excuse my expression, has been to hell and back more than once. But still stood here and declared the, the word of God with anointing and authority and power. And love Melanie Tipler. Give her some appreciation for what she's done. <clears throat> she reminded me of that altar experience over there that Sunday. And I remember uh, actually inviting the ministry team to just come stand around her. Don't necessarily pray loud. Just be here. And um, that, was, that was an amazing, amazing time. I would like to show all of you the picture that I was attempting to show her that morning that I didn't know that temporarily she virtually lost her eyesight. And it, it came back, thank God. But if y'all have put that picture on the screen, this is what I was trying to show her. This is what we've been up against for the past 18 months. Um, and if you can read the caption at the top of it, if God be for you, who can be against you? Now, I don't know how you would feel of being literally a kid that age facing a man that size. Everybody would say there's no hope. But if God be for you, we have a key. We have a key. I love when she said, referred to the devil and his army as, as small and puny and what have you, that we have twice that many angels for us. And then on top of that, we have God Almighty, she said. I thank God tonight I'm a child of God, and I hope all of you tonight are encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard tonight. Amen. Thank the Lord. I'm asking you to take this with you. And you may say, well, Pastor, this would be a great time for an altar service. It, it would. But I, I'm not, I, I don't feel to go in that direction tonight. What I would like for you to do is when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, look at this key and let it remind you of what you heard tonight. And the next time you face a trial and a hardship in your family or friends, on your job, spiritually, whatever it is, pull out this key and let it remind you that you've got a key to the kingdom. And there's nothing the devil can do to win over you unless you allow him. Amen. Thank the Lord. Would you stand tonight? Thank you again, Melanie, um, for, wow, a wonderful, wonderful presentation. I'll tell you how this came down. We've asked her to make various presentations on Sunday morning in the past. It's been a long time since we've done that. And so we were meeting with her a couple of months ago, and uh, she said some of these things, and I said, could you say this to the whole church? And I was thinking maybe a Sunday morning venue of maybe eight to ten minutes. And so she texted me the other day when we were talking about this service and said, 
how much time do I have? And I said, eight to 10 minutes. She said, well, I've been going through this since about 30 to 35 minutes. I can chop it way down. I didn't want her to chop it way down. I wanted to hear the whole thing, and I'm glad we did. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. Give her some encouragement, appreciation tonight, if you would, before you leave. Let's give her some hand praise right now. Doing an amazing job. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. Let's pray and thank God for what we've heard tonight, and we'll be dismissed. God, we love you tonight. Thank you so much for illustrating to us, literally, if you will, making an example out of such a stalwart lady who has been through so many things that time tonight would not have been enough to have told the whole story. But thank you for manifesting your grace, your mercy, your power through such a willing servant, a willing child of God who's been tried by this life, through this life, on every side, every angle a person can imagine. And tonight she stood here victorious with the word of God in her hand and heart, wielding the sword of the Spirit. I pray, God, that you would keep her empowered by the Holy Ghost, that she'll be a witness to her family, to her friends, to our church, an example of the beautiful power of God that can sustain you no matter what you're going through. Thank God for an example like this in Grace Church. Thank the Lord. We thank you for our church. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. And we pray that the blessing and mercy of God continues. And everybody said amen. amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Greet Sister Melanie. Tell her you love her and appreciate her if you would. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning in Jesus' name.